Ara Flanagan, Nisagunish, Lissacodja, Sagunic Cora Fat, Firkin Fulgerov, Gudioris and Othron, as Nilena Avrasara Makamunishiv, Chan of As and Thrononisha. Minister, dear friends, may I first of all say that Sabina and I warmly welcome all of you to Oris and Othron for what we regard as a most important occasion when we have been given the opportunity of welcoming very special guests and those accompanying them. So many former residents of the Magdalene Laundries who have gathered together from around Ireland and from around the world. And from whatever distance you have travelled, you are so welcome here. It is a great honour for me as President of Ireland and for Sabina to welcome you all to the home of the President of Ireland. And I want to thank you and those accompanying you for taking the time to be with us this afternoon. And indeed, my hope is that you're making the decision to spend time together today and tomorrow over these few days. I hope that it will have the warmest possible outcome for all of you. It will, I know, be an opportunity for you to share your experiences with each other. And of course, quite frankly, it will help us all in Ireland as a society to understand and come to terms with our past and help us all, I hope, to heal and come into the light from the darkness of that past. Many of you may not know each other. You may have worked in different Magdalene laundries. I've just spoken to someone who worked in three laundries. You may have worked at different times, and the reasons you came to be there may be very different and varied. And some of you may have spent many years in the laundries and others much shorter periods. But as women, you have gone on to live very different lives too, in different parts of the world and in different circumstances. It is only to be expected that your lived experiences and your perspectives on your time in the laundries and how you reacted to those experiences will be as diverse as your lives are. But the shared common experience of having lived and worked in a Magdalene laundry, however, makes a bond that you share between you. This afternoon, Sabine and I are very conscious that we're welcoming a very special group, 230 individual women, each of you who hold a part of the story of the Magdalene laundries since the foundation of the state, remember, over 11,000 women spend time in the laundries but their experiences were too often never shared. A combination of stigma, shame, and an unreceptive society condemns so many women to concealing their experiences, their trauma, their hurt. In recent years, the silence has been broken, and you have all helped to let the light in to some very dark corners of Ireland's shared past. You have presented us with what makes a very harrowing and deeply uncomfortable reflection of an Ireland some would prefer not to be able to recognise, but which has to be acknowledged, transacted, and to which a response must be made. All of you and all of the other women who cannot be with us today were failed by these institutions, the experience of which you share and the religious orders who ran them. You were profoundly failed by the state, which in its relationship to these institutions and those who ran them, should have had your welfare at its core. You were failed by governments that knowingly relied on the existence and practices of these institutions 
rather than addressing your particular needs in other, more sympathetic ways. You are also failed by a society that actively colluded by their silence in your incarceration and treatment, or who chose to look the other way, averted their gaze, as vulnerable girls and women were subjected to what was, in so many cases, further abuse and degradation. I know that many of you have engaged directly or through some of the excellent representative groups with the Interdepartmental Committee to establish the facts of state involvement with the Magdalene Laundries and indeed with Mr Justice Quirk in the construction of a redress scheme. Indeed, more recently, you have also worked with the Ombudsman in addressing deficiencies in the scheme. This has been vitally important, not only for you as individuals, but for all of us, for Ireland as a nation, as we try to come to terms with and face up to our failings in the past and our contemporary obligations. Each of your individual experiences is a critical element of the whole picture, and all of your experiences are important in enabling us to engage ethically with your stories and to truly understand them. For it is only through this remembering and understanding that we can hope to learn and apply the lessons that are to be drawn from it to our present and future circumstances. The treatment of vulnerable citizens in our industrial and reformatory schools, in the Magdalene laundries and in the mother and baby homes, represents a deep stain on Ireland's past, a stain we can only regard today with great shame profound regret and horror. It is sobering to consider that many men, women <laughs> are also victims of the cruel and degrading regimes of industrial or reformatory schools before being referred to the laundries. And so many were intimidated into a silence by the abuse of authority of one kind or another. Ireland failed you when you were vulnerable and in need of the support of Irish society and its institutions. Its authorities did not cherish you, protect you, respect your dignity or meet your needs, and so many in the wider society colluded with all that through their silence. As a society, those with responsibility pretended not to know or chose not to know the denial of all this continued for many, many years, until one by one, you, the victims and survivors of that time, began to come forward, began to tell your stories, began to force Irish society and institutions who had conferred what was little less than an immunity on themselves to look you in the eye and listen to your personal histories. May I also pay tribute to all those who in the past initiated research, tried to draw attention to your stories, break the silence when these issues were receiving little attention elsewhere and may indeed have been hidden. I think of my friend and of writers such as Patricia Burke Brogan, Brogan, author of Eclipsed, and Dr. Francis Finnegan, for example, and there were others too. As you confronted contemporary Irish society, with the legacy of a painful past and the question of how that legacy could be addressed, a long and difficult silence began to shatter and break. The stories Ireland was confronted with were, as I have said, harrowing, heartrending, deeply uncomfortable. 
Stories of forced labor, of humiliation, of fear and sadness and of despair. Stories of injustice. Stories that continue to speak so loudly and so distressingly of indifference and cruelty, fanned by ignorance, prejudice and intolerance. Above all, by an unquestioned authoritarianism. You were apo- apologised to by Antishikin de Kenny in the Dole in what was a very moving speech in 1998. as President of Ireland, I do again want this afternoon to acknowledge the wrong that has been done to you, the pain that has been caused in your lives and the opportunities that have been lost to you as a result of your mistreatment. Today here in Orsanuktron, as President of Ireland, in the home of the President of Ireland, I apologise to you, survivors of the Magdalene regime. Your individual tales, the personal narratives that lie behind the overall story of the Magdalene laundries, is what has brought you together here in Dublin. Tomorrow, you will have the opportunity to recount your own unique memories and chapters of the Magdalene experience. And that is so important. It is an acknowledgement of the value of your personal testimony, your personal pain, and it gives recognition to the consequences that have ensued for each of you as a woman from the damage and harm that was perpetrated in the name of the Irish state. There are stories that involve your time in the Magdalene laundries, but also involve other painful succeeding periods of your life. Stories that were told with pain across the years in homes here in Ireland and in the United Kingdom, the United States of America, in Australia and elsewhere, as each of you sought to move on and rebuild your lives. These are stories that were hidden and buried for too long. Stories that were sometimes denied, distorted, deliberately forgotten and even erroneously justified by some in society who wished to embrace an accommodating amnesia to turn away from that most unedifying version of ourselves in the past. They are stories which were held first and foremost in the hearts and minds of courageous and admirable women, determined when the time was right in going public with their experiences. Women who would claim their rightful place for their stories in the history of Ireland and in the memory of its people. Today, In Ireland and across the world, an increasing body of research has focused on the Magdalene Laundries. Oral history projects are taking place in University College Dublin, the Waterford Institute of Technology, elsewhere. And these are recording, for example, in Waterford, the experience of not only the women who are held in the laundries, but their family members, and some of the nuns who manage them, and other people who had frequent contact with the girls and the women who were confined. Researchers at University College Dublin have also been developing videos and lesson plans for secondary school students in order to ensure that future generations will learn about and take lessons from the Magdalene Laundry story. None of this could have happened without the women of whom they will hear, including those of you who are gathered here this afternoon who have come forward to tell your stories. Your stories confront an Ireland of the present with the Ireland of closed doors and secrecy. An Ireland that wronged you, an Ireland where respectability often trumped compassion, where human rights were not respected, could be casually withdrawn from those deemed to have 
contravened what was defined as respectable behaviour. Today we remember that dark chapter and the version of Ireland that permitted it to unfold. But today we also mark a new and positive turn on the long journey from darkness into light that has been undertaken by you personally over so many years and by Ireland as a nation in more recent times. We have moved from a time of disbelief, denial and even hostility towards your experiences to a time where we acknowledge that we must deliver compassion, listening and a genuine and heartfelt will to hear, share and to learn of your testimonies. I am so pleased to welcome the Minister here, Minister Flanagan. You are Irish citizens who have been greatly hurt and wounded by the past experiences inflicted on you. But you're also women who refuse to be defined by such experience. And I truly hope that the public addressing and redressing of the consequences of those experiences and the commemorations that acknowledge the sufferings of so many thousands of women will help to ease the burden of those past wrongs, a burden that some of your fellow citizens have striven to shoulder with you in recent years. Sabine and I also welcome welcome you above all as inspiring and courageous women of whom we as a country are very proud indeed. For your generosity in sharing your difficult stories has allowed us to engage with the Magdalene Laundry story as an important episode from which hopefully we can draw wisdom, including the knowledge of the great harm that can be done when publics are not vigilant, when publics are cowed into not having the courage to question the status quo when society fails to address institutional indifference or cruelty wherever it might arise. I pay tribute to all of your resilience. I commend your resolve and your courage in facing your painful past. I pay tribute to you for your decision to share your experiences with each other. As I read of it, it put me in mind of the valuable role of what Professor Michael Carney has called the wounded healer, Professor Kearney was founder of the palliative care movement here in Ireland and in the United States, and it has drawn so much attention. The wounded by listening to the wounded become the most powerful of healers. And most of all now, I thank you for helping Ireland and contemporary Irish people address a great wrong. I realise that many of you left Ireland shortly after leaving the laundries, and for some, this might be your first time coming back. And it would be completely understandable that you would have turned your back on a country in which you were treated so badly. And it would also be completely understandable for you to harbour resentment for the hurt you were caused. But I sincerely hope that the journey you have been on over recent years will help each of you in making peace with the past. Some of you may have even found it in yourselves to forgive the individuals and the system that you encountered and that you were forced to endure. Forgiveness can play a central and necessary part in healing. And I acknowledge that it's very easy for me to say that. Some are asked to pay a very high price when they're called upon to forgive, a great heart that cannot be expelled from memory, as it were. Yet the act of moving from such silent wounds to narrated words, as Richard Carney puts it, is a powerful healing journey. And in that journey, too, you are the best judges as to the timing of the movement from narrated words to judges, for example, as to when it was too early 
or when it might be too late and the consequences of making that choice. I was in Belfast last week speaking about the peace process and encouraging a reflection on reconciliation between communities and between people who had inflicted and suffered terrible acts on each other. And I quoted Bishop Desmond Tutu, an inspirational man who has written and spoken extensively on the issue of forgiveness, mostly in the context of the aftermath of the apartheid regime in South Africa. I thought when I was preparing to speak to you this afternoon that his words might resonate with you and the ordeals you've been through. He said, Bishop Tutu said, without forgiveness we remain tethered to the person who harmed us. We are bound with chains of bitterness, tied together, trapped. Until we can forgive the person who harmed us, that person will hold the keys to our happiness. That person will be our jailer. When we forgive, we take back control of our own fate and our feelings. We become our own liberators. Forgiveness, in other words, is the best form of self-interest. This is true both spiritually and scientifically. We don't forgive to help the other person. We don't forgive for others. We forgive for ourselves. So may I conclude by wishing you all well, not just this afternoon, but in all the hours and days of your lives to come. And may I thank all of you for coming here today. And may I thank Mary Kennedy for acting as MC for this event. And may I thank the Hot House Flowers who will play for us shortly. And may I commend Minister for Justice Charlie Flanagan and Nora Casey and Dublin Honours Magdalens for organising and hosting the two-day event that you will be attending. And Sabine and I are so very privileged that you have given us part of that time and that you have come to our home. And we wish you all so well. Every blessing into the future. And thank you again.